When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Coach Unplugged. We're so excited you decided to join us. Um, make sure you go over and leave those five-star reviews. If you like this, go over and listen to our other podcasts like the 5-Minute Basketball Coaching Podcast or High School Hoops or Funnel Down Defense or Coaching Youth Hoops or whatever uh, whatever one of the seven in our in our network that you would like to listen to. Uh, but before we jump in, I'd like to give a big shout out to our two sponsors. First of all, Dr. Dish, the number one shooting machine on the market. They are always, what I love about Dr. Dish is they're always innovating. They're always making that a little bit better and that's what that's why i think they're the best machine out there we like i've said before we own three of them and i would not be talking about them every day if i did not believe in them mention coach unplugged they'll give you 450 dollars off and they'll give you a one customer service and then also what what helps keep the lights on what helps keep everything moving is teachhoops.com um it's for coaches who want to get better it is a one-stop shop buy a basketball coach for a basketball coach um, you know, I'm always working with my team 365 days a year, working on making us better. And I want to do the same thing for you. I'm giving you resources, one-on-one calls, office hours, a roadmap per se that will help you uh, become a better coach. And we offer a 14-day free trial because I believe you should come in and kick the tires around and see if it's right for you. If it's not, that's fine. Um, but I, I guarantee that you're going to love it. All right, let's head off to the podcast. Um, we're going to score. We're going to make you pay for trapping us. Um, okay. Yeah. And I would try to get the trap high. You know, if you, if, if you think they're going to do it right away, I try to get him the ball, set something where he can get the ball right away. And then um, go ahead. We want you to go ahead and trap us. Cause then we're going to, we're going to make you, you know, I tell them go past North South rather than East West. So they don't get a layup, but let's go. Yeah. So do you do you send like the three three guys come all the way to the ball in the three passing lanes and put someone under the goal, spread them out? Yes, or is there yeah. a I, I usually have I usually yeah because then he can always throw it up to the goal if he needs to, <laughs> you okay. know, um, yeah. Right. So three passing lanes. One of them, as long as they're cutting to those passing lanes and not standing, um, cutting. Okay. Yep, cutting, and then do that where they can't dribble. So that will teach them to move. So when we do that and we don't, we don't let any, even though there might be dribbling in the quick hitter initially, or once you get it going to get, to get out of that double, I don't let them dribble at all in practice because I want them to get, if they stand and they don't dribble, they won't get open. (laughs) So that's, I want to teach that they have to move. I want, I want that movement. Uh, That the only way I can do it is no dribbles in practice. Okay. Okay. No, that's super, super helpful for that. Okay, okay cool. Um, so just to, to follow up on the, if I could, on the one, two, two half court trap, yep. if they came, if they come with a one, three, one half court trap, is there 
a big difference or is it? Oh, there is. Similar it, they're, they're even actually more spread out. Um, okay. So same yeah, idea. Yeah. It's the exact same idea. One, three, one, and one, two, two, okay. the same way. He'll be in that mid post and he'll be, yeah, it will be the, it will be the guard flashing behind. Actually the guard will be even more open in a one, three, one. Um, because that okay. usually that's the five man in a one, three, one tends to be the, the, the middle of the three tends to be the big guy. So it okay. tends to be the biggest guy in the court versus the, one of the smaller guys of the guard that, that flash behind is hard for them to get really hard for them to get virtually impossible. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. So I'll keep that. Just because if they're running a one, three, one, that middle guy has been pounded. Don't let the ball in the middle. Don't let the ball in the middle. And usually it's a big, it's not a guard flashing behind the trap. So that will, yeah, you'll be okay. wide open. You won't have to worry about that. Okay. And I heard one of your podcasts also, you're talking about how you attack a, a three, two zone or um, I guess a one, two, two zone where they're not really trapping. Is there something specific you try to run for that? Um, well, first of all, hopefully you got shooters that helps. <laughs> right. We do have pretty good shooting team. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, there's two things. There's a couple of things I like to do against zones. I like to run my man offense because um, zones don't like that when there's a lot of cutting and moving and screening against the zone. So I'll run, I, I tend to run my man offense. Um, I will make okay. the zone, I will make the zone move from side to side a lot. Uh, I will, I will um, overload a side. Um, it almost becomes where it looks like a chair set. Let's see if I can, where's my set? Um, so let's say they're in a three, two. So one, two, three, four, five. Okay. I will, I will get to the point I'll maybe start it in a one, four set, but I'll get it in almost to the point where they overload like this. Um, and then I'll have the top guard kind of, kind of move back and forth a little bit, but I'll, I call it chair. Cause when he's here, it basically looks like a chair zones. Don't like overloads at all. Um, and then what I'll do is I'll sometimes have this guy, I'll have this guy dribble over. If he gets the ball back, have this guy screen, you know, he'll curl over this guy screen, this guy, he'll come through. And then these two will kind of crisscross in here. So zones don't like cutting and they don't like screening. They don't like overloads. Um, so against any zone, first of all, if you can shoot, you can get them out of it in a millisecond because most like high school zones don't, can't take care of shooters. Um, but if not in my first, my first inkling is always to go to my man offense. First of all, to make sure they're not, not man, they're in zone, but also to get movement. Cause I want movement. Um, you know, this, w when kids hear zone, they tend to stand. So I try to get them out of, I try to get them to stand so that we'll get openings, um, short core, anything you draw up or anything you design, look for short corners. Short corners are always really good as far as the zone goes. Okay. Um, so sometimes I'll have this guy cut, you know, I'll have these, I won't have five, I won't have necessarily an overload like this. I'll have maybe him cut short corner rather than go all the way to the block. Cause then they that leave some space in here for guys to cut through. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that's good. I, I, I don't know if I have, I don't know. I'll see if I have, I have, I have a continuity. I have a continuity offense too. I run against like a two, three. I'll see if I can find that. I, it's probably on T troop somewhere, but I got, I'll find it for you and send it to you. That's, um, that's interesting kind of about running your man. What? But, no, I'm just saying that's really interesting about running the man 
against the zone, or at least to, to start. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I didn't used to do that, and then um, I don't know if we played somebody that had a really good matchup zone or something. But it's like most zone. I mean, you'll get you'll get better spacing. Obviously, if they're playing pack and they're all their feet are in the lane, and you're not going to get anything on the cuts and the screens, but you're going to get open twelve to three pointers at that point, twelve feet, twelve footers to three pointers. So, at some point, you're going to have to hit some outside shots, especially if they're playing kind of a pack zone. But um, yeah, if they're zoning me, I shoot as a player and a coach. I love if zone me. I want you to zone me. Uh, and if you have shooters, you're probably not going to see a lot of zone. Um, you might see trapping okay. zone. Yeah. Cause I might try to turn right. you over to get easy buckets, but I wouldn't think you'd see a lot of two, three or three, two pack zone. Right. No. We usually, right. We usually start out with two, three and then people switch demand, which we really got to work on since we're yeah. going to work on this year. But yeah. And the thing is here's, here, here's something I'll, I'm going to tell you something that my coaches and I have been doing in the off season too. And you coached this team last year, right? Uh, yes, for the last few years. Okay, like, and do you have film from the last couple of years? Uh, yes, we huddle all the okay. last couple of years. So go back and look at all your offensive possessions. Huddle will do that for you. Do you have? Did did you do the stats thing, I, or did you just? I, I, I haven't tried just money wise. I haven't tried to do that. Okay, okay. So what I would do is pick yeah. pick pick three or four games when you're just sitting there and vegging, and just fast forward and look at all your offensive possessions. And okay. you'll be surprised how often you don't score in the stuff you work on in practice. Does that make sense? Like, you if you see my if you see my team the last two years, we scored like thirty seven percent of our offense in the fast break, and we were slow as molasses in January. You would have never thought we were scoring a transition. But where I spent all my time in practice on the wrong stuff. I spent my time on working on half-court offense. And we were good at it, but we only ran – we only scored on it. You know, we only ran it and scored on it in the uh, portion. You know what I'm saying? So you right. should look at what – where you're scoring. Are you scoring in the fast break? Are you scoring in transition? Are you scoring on screens? Because that's where you got to spend your practice time. Like, that for this upcoming season, we've adjusted how we're breaking our practices down because – I think we're spending too much time on something that we're good at and I'm trying to get great at, but we don't need to get great at it. We need to get great at this other thing that we're actually shooting more at. Um, It's that it's the stats teacher in me. It's like something wasn't clicking and I couldn't figure out what it was. And then when we did that, it was like, Whoa, that's why, because we should have spent more time on our transition offense. We should have spent more time on our secondary, those kind of things. So that's what you need to think about is like, it's with this quick hitter and all this other stuff. It's like how much, you know, quick hitters at the end of the game are important. And I spend some time on, it, especially come second half of the season, but what percentage of the game is actually that versus, you know, us being able to transition back on defense or us being able to transition, get an easy bucket on our third pass in our offense kind of thing. So think about that right. when you're, if you have some time um, to go back and look at it. Or have somebody, if you have a student manager or somebody like that, just track a couple games. I think you'll be surprised. Right. No, that's great. I never thought about that. That's that's excellent. I could easily do that. Okay, yeah. cool, very good. Uh, and like I said, just tell me to shut up whenever. Okay, but, no uh, worries. The next one is <laughs> the next one. I heard uh, for our man press breaker. I've always just got it to the point guard, spread it out, and just let him bring it down. 
but I heard you mention something about that if they're in a jumping trap, that you might have to have a little bit different strategy. Or is that not necessarily the case? As long as everybody's spread out. It's more about the cut. So if you go on T troops, I've got a press break, all the press breaks. If you have two things, if you have an out of bounds play you like a lot, use that for a press break. Because <laughs> um, okay. it will get kind of the same movement. You know, an out of bounds play that you use to score under a basket, you can also use for a press break to get it in if you need to. Um, okay. But then okay. I work on I work on cutting, and I work on spacing versus press breaks. So if you're going to run and jump me, I got to get the ball in, and I've got a couple of tweaks on that. And if you go watch the the press break thing on T Troops, I one's called sideline, a couple other ones where I get the guard the ball back to the point guard, throwing it in. So go look at that. But what I teach is I think what's really important on press breaks is that spacing in the vertical cuts. So I don't know if I, I don't know what specifically I've done so many podcasts. I don't remember what I was specifically talking about. Um, and I can't remember what I had for dinner last night, but, uh, <laughs> but I, uh, I teach, I teach the, I teach finding space, especially in a press break. So let's say the point guard gets the ball here. Then what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about those three spots we talk about that all the time, right? You got to have those three spots. But I want them filled with cuts across the court, similar to what we were just talking about. So let's say we do a basic one. Ooh, that was bad. Let's say we do a basic one four set. So we put one here, two here, three, four, and five thrown it in. Okay, so five's here. So let's say one sets a screen for two, and then one curls back and gets the ball here. Okay, great. All right, so if we if we rediagram this, so so one's got the ball now. So five is my step in. Change that. So five just threw it in. So five's just gonna step in here to the basket for the time being. One has the ball. Okay. Two is over here. Three is back here. And four is at this spot. All right. So what I want at this point is I want people cutting across the front, okay? So I'm gonna tell two to go down and cut across, okay? I'm gonna tell one to cut, cut down and come back because one's getting trapped. These passes, these cuts across the court are always open. Now, sometimes I'll clear my five out because I don't want five dealing with the ball at that point. But if two doesn't get it, I tell two to clear. And then I'll tell two, three to come back down and then again cut across. Because the defender does not want to get beat this way. That's what you got to think about what the defender doesn't want to happen. The defender does not want to give a layup up. So they're always going to play. Those cross-court cuts will always be open. And the only way I've been able to figure out how to teach them that is by not letting them dribble it until they get the ball in the, inside the, the, our three-point line. Because then okay. they got to catch it. So, and I'll do this. The, the, the disadvantage drill is perfect for this. We'll put six. De, we'll put six defenders out there and no dribbles. And the only way they're going to get it over half court is to do those kind of cuts. If they do lazy cuts or they do curl cuts, they'll never get open. If they cut down and cut across, that's when they'll get open. Um, so that's so what I was. I was going to cut. No, sorry. Go ahead. Go, no, no. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I was going to try to teach them uh, a little bit different press breaker this year. And that, that two cutter press breaker, it's been, I can't remember the guy's name that's been around for a long time, but yep. it looks similar to kind of what you're doing. Cut, 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 cut. Okay. Yep. You, you just, you literally want to cut. I mean, cause 
every kid's paranoid about getting yelled at and they're all paranoid about not giving up the layup because it's embarrassing. <laughs> so they're always right. going to be on this side. So what I teach, the one thing you have to do with this drill, and I have learned this, is you have to teach them how to catch it moving like that, not travel and be under control. Um, and maybe okay. sometimes jump stop. Like, so that's why I do the no dribble thing because they'll cut, they'll catch it and they can't dribble because they all want to dribble. So they catch it and then they got to jump stop into it. And then they got to look up and pass fake, you know, and do all okay. those kind of things. Oh, that's excellent. So, yeah. Excellent. So if okay. you do that, I've had teams, especially, you know, 10 years ago, I didn't have these kind of teams, but the last four or five years I've had teams that have had a little, been a little shaky. We do this every day. Well, this is, you know, um, We'll do, we'll do this drill usually it's within the first half hour practice. I, you know, I'm a big believer in the first three drills you do set the tone for your practice. So I tend to do ones that are very intense for the first three drills. Um, okay. I don't necessarily do this that early, but uh, yeah, I, I do it early in practice because they sold their legs. Okay. So do you have, um, I don't know if that was something you work on as far as just like a handout on like practices as far as just kind of like a, I don't know how your practice look at percentages or a little bit better idea. Of I don't, but I'm going pro. to, cause I'm going to speak. I'm actually working on that right now. Cause that's why I was on the top of my head. I'm speaking in it outside of Atlanta in two weeks at the legends clinic. And that's what I'm talking. I'm talking about practice and building a program. So I will have something for you in two weeks. Cool. I'm working on it right now. Cool. It's in my binder. What, what, um, cool. And just one other side note on that is, do you have any type of handout for like in the game situations? So just like a sheet that would just kind of hit on the key things you need to know, like uh, how many fouls, do you have any fouls to give? Does the other team have any fouls to give? The three-point shooter, the best free throw shooter, you know, something like that just at the end of the game that would be like you have it all in one sheet, checklist. I do. So game. you're talking – so it's, I have a couple things, but I just want to make sure I'm – I got I to gotta dig it out because usually my assistant coach is in charge of it. So are you talking about like a checklist or are you talking about like just giving them information? Like, cause I have, I have a coach, I have an assistant coach is in charge of telling the kids the possession arrow, the number of timeouts. Um, he holds up a sign as they're walking out of the huddle. We have two timeouts. They have the possession. He'll hold it up. So they see it. Are you talking about like a sheet of paper with like, follow this person, do this. What specifically are you talking about? Uh, actually, maybe it's a combination of two, but basically, so my assistant has a checklist of what they should be tracking during the game and during a timeout, they can, they can tell me that information. Um, so I'm not having to think about that as I'm job a player doing whatever. Yep, Does that make yep. sense? Okay. So, so I have something like that. It's really hard to keep, but I can definitely give it, I'll, I'll, I'll pull it out. Cause that's actually a good thing to show teach hoops members. I might do something on that. That's actually good. I have a, I have somebody that keeps every possession next to me. So, and he, he has it in little compartments. Like, so I can tell at halftime, I want it more for halftime. Are they scoring versus the one, three, one? Are they scoring versus our man? Are they scoring versus, so we compartmentalize. So that is, I think, what you're thinking about. Um, then the other thing is more of an administrative sheet, which I have that administrative sheet too. So I'll dig that out for you. Um, you know, follow this person. That's more of a, that comes from our scouts. Like follow this person. Right. You know, this is what they're going to run at the end of the game. Yeah, we try to get that onto one sheet on our scout for our boys. So that's different. But then I'll get you the one that, yeah, 
it's a good thing to give your assistant that can't keep their mouth shut either because <laughs> they can't they can't do that and they have to pay attention like so i can basically see every possession at halftime you know whether we're right. scoring on hey. it all that like he circle i think he circles a, circles if it's a two triangle if it's a three nothing if it's a miss and then it's under so i'll find that for you that's really that's a good idea i'll find that right yeah because i just especially at the end of the game if they can just remind me um you know can the, can your guy run the baseline you know tell the referee you know count down the the last couple of seconds you know just all the things you need in the game that i'm probably not going to remember you know do, yep. should we foul, do we have a foul to give but um I'm just not organized, and that would be no, good. No, 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 no. I got that. I got that. Yep. I'll find that for you. I'll find that for you. All right, one more, cool. Coach. Then I got uh, my sushi. <sighs> last one. Last one. I'll, I'll wrap it up. And we have we have sushi every Friday night as a regular thing with my wife. So oh, you uh, do. Mine's Sun. Mine's Sunday. Yeah. Mine's Sunday. Um, because then I always have a little. I have some left, and then I get to eat it on Monday. So. I'm the only one that eats it in the house, so it's like I order enough for. Yeah, you keep you keep it cold. Yeah, it's it's awesome. It's the best. It's the best next day food there is. I know. Uh, so last one is: um, is there a, just a, a quick hitter that you like for maybe uh, for a man or a zone that you want your point guard to get the shot? So like uh, maybe trying to keep it in his hands and him being able to. I don't know. The, the, the challenge that I have is I'm a little hesitant at the last second play with my point guard or trying to screen them because I really don't want them to double them. Oh, I'm doubling. For him to, I'm doubling. Well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> so, so I'm saying would it be better just, just to spread out? And no, it would be better for him not to have the ball if he can do it. Okay. Because uh, I have other people to handle the ball if he's not the only get, one. Get him, get him off the ball. I'd literally get him okay. off the ball. Because if it, I'm, I'm telling you, if I'm coaching against you and he's got the ball, I'm coming at you. I'm going to make someone else beat me is usually my theory. And he's not going to beat me. I'm going to double him or triple him and make him give it up. Maybe he'll turn it over. Maybe he'll take a bad shot. Um, So, yes, I think you want – I I don't have something off the top of my head, but let me think about that for a point guard. Um, Yeah, like a zone and a man, just a basic. Yeah, how big is your point guard? Um, he's, he's a little under six foot, so he's not really tall. I mean, he's, he's, he's my, he's my best rebounder too, but. Okay. A six foot. And will he go against bigger kids or smaller kids, faster kids, other bigger, will there be like six, three kids guarding him or not? Uh, sometimes there'll be, but usually they're going to be their fastest guy. So like maybe a five, 10 guy or something. Not, not really. Okay. Usually. Okay. Yeah. And is he good off the ball? Uh, he's a he's a really uh, driving layups and three pointers. Not much of a mid range game. Okay. So you have three pointers and then drive and lay it up. Yep. Yep. Not, so, this, so, mid, so what you want to do? Yep. So I'll, let me let me play with this and I'll get you something. Um, what I think you want is setting a lot of screens for him and then him setting some back screens because um, you'll get some slips off of that for the other guys and then they'll have to, you know. Yeah. I, let me let me play with that. That's a that's a good. Um, I haven't diagrammed many things over the 30 years for my point guard to actually score. It's usually my two or three, but yeah, let me, right. um, let me play with that. I would definitely get him off the ball. I got lots of stuff. If he's off the ball, let me think about okay. on the ball. Um, I'll put that cool. on. My list. I'll find something. Okay, great. Hey, thanks. thanks coach. Thank you yep. for your time today. I really appreciate it. No problem. Talk to you soon. Bye. Hey everybody. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Make sure you subscribe, like jump up and down. Like I say, um, tell your friends that would be a good thing. Yeah, sell it. Share this on social media. 
And then also go over and check out teachweeps.com for coaches who want to get better. Have a great day. Sports Social Podcast Network.